a feline fetishist and a volunteer on episode 25 of... My guest today is a creative wonder kind with a love of all things inspired. A lifelong resident of Nashville, Tennessee, he is as obsessed with music as both me and his native city. We originally bonded over a shared appreciation for arcane Beatles trivia and a willingness and desire to stay up until four in the morning listening to Bob Dylan's discography in search of greater meaning. For some reason, perhaps indicative of a self-defeating need to waste more of his valuable time, he is actually a fan of the podcast. Uh, we've attended many events together, including Bonnaroo and an AEFI crush party or two. Please welcome my friend, Mr. Colin Piggott, to the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. How are you what doing, an sir? Intro. I'm doing great, man. Although I must tell you, I was really hoping you would add the intro later because now I'm like a little too excited. In my head, I feel like the intro has to be done live because I need people to understand how important they are and how important they are to me and also how much is riding on this appearance because if you fuck this up there's no second chances well i was hoping for some distance you know between us and the audience oh we'll edit up something really nice for those rubes you know i'm the very special guest so how many cats do you have in the room with you currently <laughs> <laughs> there are two. I was pretty sure there are two, but they're, you know, they're kind of slippery. There's one just taking a full-on sauna, like, spritz right in front of me. How's the summer in Nashville going, man? How is Nash Vegas this, this time of year? You know, summer's over, I suppose. Everybody's very excited about fall. Like, pumpkin spice, everything has hit the shelves. Um, all the craft breweries are doing their annual freakout, um, mixing in ever more creative ingredients and by creative i mean different strains of pumpkin and uh i love craft beer so much and the craft beer scene in japan is sorely lacking oh is that right yeah they're called jibiru <laughs> uh, g is like i'm not quite sure exactly what its meaning is but the meaning of jibiru is craft beer like small batch kind of you know artisanal sort of beer and uh it's very difficult to find in a bar. Like if you go to a bar and you're like, Dona biru ga arimasu ka? What kinds of beer do you have? They'll be like, uh, Asahi. Like, what the fuck are you asking me that question for, you tall, weird fucking gaijin? That's interesting to me that craft beer hasn't, you know, struck a chord there because I, I view it the just, Japanese It's popular. It's just smaller. It's getting more and more popular, but it's not like, I mean, they have so many different types of booze that they get after. You know, obviously what we call sake in the west um they call nihonshu japanese alcohol but sake literally just means alcohol so if you walk into a restaurant in japan and you're like sake please they'll be like what the fuck are you talking about which sake what do you want do you want western sake do you want jameson do you oh, want... the ultimate insult. Do yeah. you want gaijin sake? Yeah. You look like you want gaijin sake. Beer just isn't, like, beer's just kind of like, oh, yeah, let me have a beer. It's not, like, something people really, I guess, care all that much about and get too excited about. But that is that does appear to be changing. My coworker took me to a cool thing at this brewery in Mino, and uh, it was awesome. Um, so I'm getting more more and more aware of it but like it's just hard to find at a restaurant and and you really got to go to like a fancy supermarket to buy it is something beeping in the background 
Yeah, I think my girlfriend decided this would be a great time to run the vacuum. Well, what with the broken glass and all? Okay, there. Oh, wait, so let's discuss that. Right before we got on air, you severely injured yourself. (laughs) Yeah, it's only severe uh, because my relative manliness is so minimal. I cut my pinky finger on yeah, that's, a... Yeah, that's a good way to start the, the discussion of masculinity in America. I I just, I have a little boo-boo on my pinky pinks, and... It was on my dominant hand, so naturally my athletic career sort of flashed before my eyes. I'm playing a lot of recreational tennis, and uh, I was just standing there holding what used to be a beautiful... I think Crystal Carafe with like blood dripping down from my finger thinking, what's my next move? Like, how do I release this shard of glass while creating the least amount of damage? And, oh, is that sound Eric beeping in for the podcast? It is. Good timing. If at any point you need to bail on this podcast because the blood has leaked through your tourniquet, your makeshift bandage, just let me know. Yeah, no, I took a shot of whiskey, which I think is... Um, it's a coagulant? It's- yeah, it's recommended. That's um, right. Yes, of course. Or not recommended, but... It's one um, of them. Yeah, it's one of them. You know, if you ask me, Western medicine is completely just mistaken. I think leeches are something we should bring back. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, I, <laughs> I, I can't agree with you there, honestly. I'm, I'm scared of leeches. It's like a, a phobia of mine. That and electricity. Oh, I totally get that. That's how I feel about girls, too. Like women, <laughs> women, the opposite sex, generally. The last time I was in Nashville, I saw a Patsy Klein review at the classic historic Ryman Auditorium with our mutual friend, former podcast guest, Mr. Jonathan Freypart, who I understand is now in Houston. But great city for music, obviously. Have you seen any good concerts lately? Yeah, you know, um, I've been scaling back the concert viewing ever so slightly just due to being like an old man and being tired at the end of the day. but Male menopause, <laughs> I understand. Yeah, and uh, we in Nashville have a great opportunity to see a lot of things that are unexpectedly good. Um, have you been to Nashville? Yeah, I've been, I've been to Nashville probably six or seven times. I have spent okay, some time see, in the Country Music Hall of Fame. I've seen the Grand Ole Opry. I've been to Printer's Alley and drank and had karaoke. I've obviously been to the Ryman Walked down Main Street, been to Tootsie's. So the last time you were in town, we just sat on my mom's porch and drank beer. But I just recently, like, as a lifelong Nashvilleian, I had avoided the downtown area, you know, other than going out with a purpose to go to the Ryman, something like that. And lately I've discovered that it has many wonders and charms, some hidden, not some not so much. But there is one establishment downtown that's particularly excellent called Robert's Western World. And Robert's is owned by a Brazilian immigrant. He came here with kind of nothing but a guitar on his back like 40 years ago, begged his way onto the stage at this place, and now he plays there couple nights a week with his band. They call it Brazil Billy. I had a friend who was playing fiddle for them. So I went down just to see my friend play fiddle. None of my friends would go with me. I went all by myself. I got really drunk first. And I went and watched a couple hours worth of Brazil Billy, and it was some of the most fun I've had watching music all year, probably ever. Uh, I danced with bachelorettes. Seemed to get some quality individuals there. Like, I was dancing with this girl at one point, and I was like, oh, nice to meet you. I went to get a beer. Next thing I know, she's on the stage singing. So that was a great concert experience for me. So you actually said you had some questions for me, Mr. Pigs. I really do. We were just talking about music, and it made me 
me made me think you know electronic music is so huge it seems everywhere right now I'd have to think it's huge in Japan no yeah they they dig uh, electronic dance music and uh, the clubs here all oh, you, they do all that stuff you sound very excited yeah I, it's not I mm, you know it's not like I hate it. I just don't really number one I maybe I don't know enough about it to really hear all that much difference between the songs and the artists. I can like sort of get that there are genre differences, but like I went at home with my buddy Harris one time to this place called Pasha on New York's West Side, which I have no business ever going to, but Harris sort of works in music and kind of we all went and whatever. And uh you know, he's like explaining to me, "Oh, this is like fuzz dubstep or this is you know dub do timey do go dosh and i'm like oh of course the do timey do go got like i have no idea what the genre distinctions are to me it's like the whole old nirvana aesthetic come back to life quiet verse loud chorus except instead of being a dichotomy between that and actual like sort of classical songwriting technique it's just we're building bro we're building bro we're building it's gonna drop it's gonna drop bro it's it's dropping right now it just dropped it dropped we're building we're building you know like i I, to me i just don't i don't know i don't hear anything that's lyrically doing all that much i'm a fan of of songwriting you know verse chorus verse chorus middle eight slash bridge verse chorus. you know i don't hear that structure and so i'm just you know listening to my dan fogelberg records in my cabin in montana completely clueless that said more power to the kids i think edm is really important to our i was about to say millennials but i think we are those um to to our generation insofar as that's the case i i consider it to be an important art form but it's not doesn't really move me what do you think about it yeah i'm i don't know how important it is it's certainly popular it's huge it's a it's like a big economic engine uh which seems to be doing good things for the music industry overall I guess. Please come today with the happen and the happen and the jello pun and the EDM. <laughs> you know what I really wanted to get off my chest about EDM uh, is I feel like this phrase pops into my head a lot when I'm listening to it. I feel like it's mathematical music. Like they can be, a lot of them are great artists. They're putting together really, really impressive pieces, you know, pulling from a lot of different influences and pulling sounds from a lot of different places and creating a lot of different sounds, like things you've never heard before. Yeah, musical collage, uh, absolutely, really. yeah. But it's it's just, it's mathematical music, man. It's all put together just because it's neato, and none of it has a lot of soul, or not none of it, but a lot of it's missing no, soul. No, I, I couldn't agree more, man. There, It's like when you go see a band, a brass band, you go see a New Orleans brass band, and look, those horn charts are drawn out. That's that's written music. That music was arranged specifically for that band. They are playing music from a sheet. But when you go see them, that music comes alive. You're not just playing a Muzak version of the notes that are written on the page. They are infusing that music with a real sense of personality, and I don't hear that in EDM. That said, I saw some footage of Skrillex taking part in a super jam at Bonnaroo. He was playing guitar, he was jamming out with everybody, you know something? I think he's gonna be around a long time. I think a lot of these guys are not going anywhere. I think they they have, they obviously have a lot of talent. You know, there were a lot of people when hip-hop first started, they were like, oh, you know, who needs that? It's a fad, you know? I, I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna say that about EDM, but 
it's not my thing. Your piece you wrote for Live for Live Music was so fun to read, man. There was great pictures in there. I'm actually kind of scrolling through it right now to get a little inspiration off of it. But I really, I wonder so much about the culture of the hippie music in Japan. I'm really curious about the crowd that you saw at like Fujira. How many people in the crowd weren't wearing fish or Grateful Dead t-shirts, you know? How many folks were just there just sort of like, yeah, I got my Dave Matthews band or my fraternity sweatshirt and I'm here to see some music. Well, there definitely was nobody wearing a fraternity sweatshirt. I can 100% promise you that. <laughs> Let me just clarify to the people who are listening to this who don't know me. And if you're listening to this and you don't know me, first off, thank you so much for listening. Second off, I'm really sorry that your life has descended to this level. But I went to see one day of a three-day music festival, which has been going on. This was the 18th annual Fuji Rock Music Festival. It takes place in Niigata Prefecture. That's Niigata. It's just this beautiful space. Maybe, I think there's like eight or nine stages. Pretty huge music festival. Maybe 50, 60% of the bands are Western bands, and there's some Japanese stuff, and, and lots of also sort of quirky cool stuff and it's it's very much japanese bonnaroo anyways the day i went phil lesh and the terrapin family band which plays at his venue in san francisco they were headlining the field of heaven stage which is the stage where all the hippie music usually goes at this place and like mo had played there the night before and so there were all sorts of people walking around with deadhead gear and I, at some point i just started bowing at every single one of them and just made a point to really only bow at them but your colin i think was asking you know, how many people were not wearing that gear. I'm going to say less than 10% were wearing the dead gear. Maybe maybe another 20% were wearing stuff that I think you and I would readily identify as, oh, that's hippie music attire. You know, sort of tie-dye-ish and kind of long flowery skirts and that kind of stuff. But there were also a huge number of people who were dressed in all sorts of things that I didn't understand, which is par for the course in japan yeah well, I, I i gather from your podcast that that is the case did you see like a lot of drug use there you know i mean how how illegal are drugs in japan drugs are very illegal in japan as far as i'm aware i i can't buy anything except pants in this country Everything else doesn't fit me. I can't buy shoes. I can't buy socks. I can't buy shirts. So I didn't really look into that. Um, I did buy a t-shirt which says, Inochi no hi on the front, which is tree of life. And on the back of the shirt, it says, Sunagaru, which means to connect, like to bring people together. And I thought that was sort of a nice little kind of hippified Japanese shirt. What are people's attitudes towards the government there? Because that's that's seems to be a constant topic of conversation among the counterculture folk that i know you know i mean in america that's a great question that's a great question okay here's something i can contribute something that surprised me you know yeah when we go to a hippie festival you expect to see the usual kind of anti-government anti-official line sort of rhetoric i saw a shirt for sale at fuji rock that said fuck genocide i also uh, saw okay coming out against genocide's brave <laughs> yeah um i'm in favor of genocide i, I refuse to buy the shirt um, <laughs> what kind of a phone do you have? I have my American company cell phone, and I bought a Japanese cell phone here, a Japanese iPhone. It's an iPhone? It's an iPhone, but on a Japanese what cell Japanese, network. What do Japanese think about Apple generally? Can you get a read on an attitude? Because you know, here it's they, kind of polarizing. 
they uh, they seem pretty pretty excited about the iPhone six. One of my coworkers asked me if I'd gone out to get one, and I was like, "What?" And they were, and then he pulls out one that he like waited online for, and I was like, "Are you nuts? No way! I don't know. Definitely not." I'll never get used to you, New Yorkers and Northerners saying "online" instead of "in line." You're not on the line; you're in a line. There's no line drawn on the ground or anything. Well, the Brits say that they wait on a queue. Or do they hmm. wait in well, they're weird too. Yeah, you're in are. a group of people. No, you know? I know. I've been yelled at about this before. I, I think it's yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a New York thing or a northeastern thing or something. I'm sorry, that's on me. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, at least you apologized for it. I'm not really um, sorry though. <laughs> Now's as good a time as any, folks. Colin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Arigato gozaimasta for listening to all of you out there in podcast land. And Colin, say it with me. Sayonara.